Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson coming at you early on a Friday for Good Morning Liberty. What's up? How's it going today, Chuck? It is the morning, and it's your birthday. It is, in fact, my birthday. I would give you the honors of introducing yourself and me. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, happy birthday, man. Thank you. Thank you. I turned 35 and, uh, you know, learned a lot of life lessons in that time. If I could be really, um, you know, just introspective right now, uh, just remember, kids, nothing matters. You know, it's all pointless. So, did you, you know, did you ever see yourself here today at 35? Uh, yesterday I did. Yeah. So, as far as yesterday? Yeah, yesterday I was like, you know, I'm going to be in the office tomorrow doing that. I'm going to be 35. I mean, when you were a kid, though. No, no. What did you think you were going to be doing at 35? Let's see. When I was a kid, a kid, I think I was going to be a farmer because uh, I, you like know. seven kids? Yeah, seven or eight kids by then. <laughs> and um, And then when I was in high school, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. And so my plan was to go to U of I and get a law degree. And then by the time I went to college, I knew that I wanted to be a music teacher. And then when I finished college, I knew that I wanted to play music for the rest of my life. And when I finished that, I knew that I wanted to do a libertarian podcast and a trading class. So who knows what's next? There's no way of knowing. (laughs) Don't box yourself in. There's the lesson of the day. I feel like, so Nate and I have been friends for so long. When you look back, and we're not that far apart. You're only a year and three months older than I. When you look, like when I look back, I don't know if you do this too. I think so because we've talked about it. How many lives have we lived? Quite a few. Together, even. Mm-hmm. It's like from from all kinds of things mm-hmm. to where we are now and just never would have imagined. I never, ever saw myself developing software no. my whole life that is not what i thought you were gonna do no no idea no idea so you never know where life is gonna take you and you gotta you gotta grab them opportunities by the bull horns and ride them into the ground exactly you mm-hmm. take the reins by the bull horns Okay, that's Dumb Bleep of the Week. It's uh, finally the time of the week where we get to talk about all the crazy stuff that's been happening. I will admit, we kind of, we might have let in too many dumbs throughout the week. There's a few things that I really wish were in here today, but they're not because we already covered them. And so the, the honorable mentions, stuff like the FDA banning Juul, and of course, you'll be able to get all the other vapes out there that you want, but you know, banning Juul, of course, that's one of them. And uh, this gun law that's going through uh, right now that 14 Republicans seem to be signed on, that's one of them. And uh, some of the really dumb reactions to FINA's uh, announcement about the transgender athletes, I mean, that could have been in Dumb Bleep of the Week. There's a lot of different things that could have made it in. Uh, But we still found plenty. There's still 10 today that we're going to vote between. Mm. A lot of them have to do with uh, gun control and the right to bear arms. A bunch of them, and some of them are economics. Some of them have to do with the war in Ukraine that uh, apparently we are involved in. And so let's go, Charlie, with uh, number one. We had Juneteenth over the weekend. I mean, we're all suffering from the war, from Putin's war. We are, yeah. So 
Anyway, but the first one comes from Steve King. You said a former congressman? I believe I read an article saying that he lost uh, in the primary. I was looking it up earlier, but we could still call him Representative Steve King from Iowa. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's still in office. Blue check mark. Mm -hmm. He tweets on uh, the 21st of June here. Uh, I wonder why the screenshot has the international date there, the 21st of June. Yeah, it does say it that way. That's weird. He said, I spent Juneteenth all day in the hot sun, hoeing and pulling weeds and thinking about what it would have been like to have been a slave. At the end of the day, I thought about what it would be like to be an aborted baby. I got to see the sunrise and the sunset. So his point, his point for his Juneteenth post... said it's better to be a slave. ...was that... Abortion to be aborted. <laughs> abortion is worse than slavery. Was his point? Okay, now, I guess you could say um, the aborted baby does die. So you're talking about absolute death mm-hmm. at that point. So I guess if you wanted to argue, there's absolute death versus torture and possible death and an entire life of slavery. I mean, that's pretty bad as well. But uh, I would say terrible timing. Um, not very good uh, politically, and just a pretty worthless comparison overall. Yeah, um, very tasteless, I would say, and it's not like that. That's just not a good comparison. Well, also whatsoever, him being outside in the sun, hoeing and pulling weeds, did not tell him what it was like to be a slave no. either. That also did not tell him. Did he have someone directing his every move, whipping him when he was out of line? Like, <laughs> no, no, still a bad comparison. Yeah. So, hmm. so good job, Steve King. I think you did not win re-election, and I think there's a reason for such thing. So yeah. that's don't bleep number one. Hey, even though he was on the GOP side, just got to show you every once in a while we're not biased here, especially since we're not Republicans. So that's one reason. But uh, anyway, let's go to don't bleep number one. I believe this one comes from New York. Now, you might think at first, like, okay, this is dumb, but when we play the video, I think you'll really understand. But here's this article to start with from the New York Post. New York City destroys nearly 100, quote, destructive, unquote, and dangerous dirt bikes. City officials crushed nearly 100 dirt bikes Tuesday with Mayor Eric Adams saying he's determined to eradicate the menacing vehicles from local streets. And all 92 of the illegal rides were pulverized under a bulldozer uh, in Brooklyn as Adams vowed to continue City Hall's war on the unauthorized recreational machines. The bikes are not street legal in the city. Quote, the NYPD heard the call and they did a Herculean task of getting rid of these loud, intimidating and dangerous and illegal dirt bikes and ATVs that are on our streets. For years, we've witnessed what happens when they go under control, or we do not enforce. They continue to grow and over and over, grow over and over and over again. And I'm not going to give up on my promise and commitments to rid our streets of these bikes and make all of our boroughs a place where people can move about. As you can see from the number of bikes here today, we are making good on our promise. (laughs) Adams and the NYPD have taken 900 bikes off the streets 
an 88% bump over last year. Last quote, Today, as we stand in the shadow of Freedom Tower, we are freeing ourselves from these destructive pieces of machinery that are on our streets. Adam said, I kind of did a Martin Luther King Jr. Uh -huh. voice. He actually sounds like Tracy Morgan when you hear him talking. <laughs> oh, one more quote here. They will be crushed today and they can never terrorize our city again. Each and every one of them, they will be turned into scrap metal and eventually recycled. Okay, let's watch the video, though, this because it's all <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, so it starts off with him waving a checkered flag to get the bulldozer going. Let me double check to make sure I've got the right microphone selected before we have a mishap like we normally do. All right, let's go, Mayor. If you're not watching the video, you just see a massive bulldozer rolling over tons of bikes. Lots of, lots of dirt bikes and four-wheelers and mopeds. And there's a crowd of people watching. They got their phones out. They're going to have a press conference and everything dirt bikes and uh, ATVs, they are not only a nuisance and an annoyance uh, to us, uh, but they're extremely dangerous. And we know that. We see them all the time and we hear them all times at night. Uh, we see the large numbers that are moving throughout our street. And we want to be clear that uh, this is not acceptable. Okay. Look at that. So, um, this is... Well, breaking news real quick. Oh, uh, Roe overturned. Looks see like that. Uh, Roe overturned uh, was just announced. Time the riot. Let's get this riot going. Oh, on a weekend, too. How about that? Hmm. Okay. Well, we don't six, have the... Six minutes ago. Let me look this up. You guys are hearing it here live. So... Yeah, so this will trigger several state laws that are already in place. I believe Tennessee has one um, for sure that will automatically flip um, outlawing abortions with this decision. So, 13 Republican-led states have already passed trigger laws in the yep. event Roe is overturned. There you go. Uh, right there. So, Okay. Well, we got that. I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week, plenty, and whatever is about to happen over the weekend. Um, back There's to this. There's going to uh, be a lot of dumb. Yeah, <laughs> coming plenty of dumb happening. For the weekend. Uh, back to this ridiculous display of government action that we just talked about. If that just would have been a line of babies, the bulldozer <laughs> went over. <laughs> would have been totally fine. Not dumb at all. No, but, okay, so they, you know, you, you can have laws saying that you don't want uh, these ATVs on your streets. Let's just assume that that's even fine. Let's not even argue about the fact that it's dumb that you can't have these things on your streets. It's really a good crime against poor people. <laughs> it is. And let's yeah, just, these things are cheaper vehicles. True. By the way, they're tr cheaper transportation devices. More fuel efficient. Way more fuel efficient, mm -hmm. by the way. When I was in the Dominican Republic, that's pretty much all people had. We, we were coming out of the club one night. And there were dirt bike taxis trying to take us back to our hotel. Like, hey, just hop on the dirt bike. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Thank you, though, man. Really appreciate it. So really, it's 
it, to me, it's a law like really against poor people and poor yeah. people getting around a little bit faster, especially the, on the streets of New York that are always crowded. The thing I really take from it is the representation here of what the government does. One, like uh, Tom was saying, it's a perfect example of uh, doing something, government doing something for the sake of doing something. The other thing is what they do uh, to value to things that people have spent their money on, uh, this being a mode of transportation for some people. And what do they do to it? They don't take all these bikes and donate them to a bunch of charities that can then turn those around and, and sell them and, and uh, you know, use them to, uh, to, to make things for, for little poor people, you know, like they... The or send them to places like Holy, the Republic or something like that. Holy bikes and mopeds is what uh, what I would call that. <laughs> uh, but they don't take it and they donate it to charity, and then the charity's going to have that money, or they don't try and just give them to a maybe even a, a dealership that can sell them as used items in a place where they could use them legally. They they can't do that. One, I mean, they're evidence of a crime. So, I mean, you can't just put them back out there in the market. They destroy them. They take all of this productivity and labor and material, and to prove a point that you can't drive the bikes on the streets and it's against their laws. To prove a point, they make this press conference and make a big deal about it and line them up and drive a bulldozer over them just to show the people what they're going to do when they break whatever arbitrary laws they've decided to have. And they realize none of the value of those items and how that could go back into the economy at all. It's all about proving that they're in control. And then the fact that they invited the the press and they make this whole thing about it. By the way, that guy sounds just like Tracy Morgan. He does. <laughs> oh, like, when you listen to him giving speeches and stuff, I mean, it is... I it, thought I was watching 30 Rock for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, to your point, that's just... It's dumb. This is, <laughs> I mean, this is dumb bleep. That's why it's dumb bleep number and two. This, this thing, like, it's just so ridiculous that this is what our government focuses on. Never mind, I don't want to know how many untested rape kits New York City has. <laughs> but no. at least those damn bikes mm -hmm. and ATVs are off the streets. It's a big They're deal. no longer going to be terrorizing. Really big deal. The, uh, the New York population. I want to thank the sponsor for today's show. That's our friend Mikkel Thurup of the Expat Money Show. You've probably heard him on this podcast before. That's back on episode 330. And if you're one of the many people who are considering exploring life in another country, you absolutely have to subscribe to the Expat Money Show. Whether it's foreign residencies, second passports, asset protection, or protecting your money from the tyranny of taxation, there is no better resource than the Expat Money Show. I mean that. Seriously. This is the guy to go to. Mikkel has spent over 20 years traveling the world, visiting more than 100 countries, while living in nine different countries. Over that time, he can help you legally eliminate your tax bill and travel the world in the process. So subscribe to the Expat Money Show today, available on all the podcast apps, YouTube, or you can find the episodes over at expatmoneyshow.com. And by the way, he's got a great online summit coming up that I'm going to put the link in the show notes to as well. A bunch of different experts who are going to show you all the benefits of living the expat lifestyle, the best ways to do it, how we can actually live a free libertarian lifestyle. That does sound pretty good. So go over to the expatmoneyshow.com and find all the links in the show notes. This is uh, from CNN, the article. Uh, fake news, CNN. Ohio State University wins trademark 
for the word the. Ohio State University has officially registered a trademark for the word the (laughs) after a nearly three-year battle to clinch legal branding access to a word that's deeply meaningful to the school's overall identity. (laughs) The University in Columbus will use the word the for branded products associated with the school and sold through its athletics and collegiate channels, OSU spokesperson Ben Johnson said Wednesday in a statement to CNN. The has been a rallying cry in the Ohio State community for many years, and Buckeye fans who purchase official Ohio State gear support student scholarships, libraries, and other university initiatives. So it's for the people. Like other institutions, Ohio State works to protect the university's brand and trademarks because these assets benefit students and faculty and support our core academic mission of teaching and research and lining our pockets with more cash. The. The word the. Trademarked. Now, they spent years trying to get this. How long did it take us to get our trademark for Good Morning Liberty? Six months? Yeah. Eight months, maybe? Yeah, we uh we we did get that. It took a while. It was well like seven hundred bucks, I think. We Something just got to get like the Good Morning Liberty, right? Mm-hmm. Like not the Good Morning. No, okay, no. Good. Just Good Morning Liberty is what we have. But so if you guys I, want to trademark the Good Morning Liberty, totally more than, fine. More than welcome. Uh, I feel like they're getting a little bit ridiculous here with the idea of trademarking the word the. Um, you know, they're taking a page out of Taylor Swift's strategy here because she's got some ridiculous trademarks as well. But, you know, whatever. The government, they, they got plenty of time on their hands to do whatever they want. This is important for, yeah. for liberty. And you want to make obviously. sure that no one else can put the word the on a, on a shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, literally, like we put a, the word the on a, shirt, on a shirt right now. It'd be violating the trademark. That's crazy. That's pretty insane. But that's, uh, there you go. There's a nice government action for you. Let's switch over to, so there's a few just kind of funny ones. Now we're going to get into an article from Max Boot at the Washington Post and talk about the war in Ukraine real fast. I love when the left is for war. I, it's weird. <laughs> it's so wild. You know? They, uh, just, well, they will just topsy-turvy. You have to... Okay, so Russia has invaded Ukraine and taking over major parts of Ukraine, killing a lot of innocent people. We don't like it. All right, but that is, in fact, those are, in fact, two countries that are on the other side of the world. A lot of different countries closer to them than we are, by the way. Hundreds of them. A lot of countries closer. Uh, But uh, anyway, Max Boot from WAPO wants you to know, this isn't just Ukraine's war. It's our war, too. Act accordingly. We must back the Nazis (laughs) in Ukraine against Putin. U.S. military assistance to Ukraine has been good, but not good enough. In part, that's because of a conceptual error we keep making. We keep thinking it's their war. We should understand that this is our war and act accordingly. Russia didn't just attack one country. It attacked the very foundation of the rules-based international order the United States and its allies have been building since 1945. Which is where the United States get to attack whoever they want. Yeah. But doesn't allow anyone else to we do so. We haven't attacked any other countries since 1945. They're attacking the rules-based order that we established since 1945. 
If Russia gets away with its aggression, that will send a signal to dictators around the world that they can do what they want and that the West is too weak to stop them. So there's your reasoning right there. The best way to keep the peace is to help Ukraine throw back the Russian invaders with devastating losses. That would send a powerful message not only to Putin, but also every ten-horn dictator on the planet. Don't mess with the West. But that's not what we're doing. We're providing Ukrainians with just enough weaponry to avoid defeat, but not enough to win. The Ukrainians are outgunned 10 to 1 in artillery and the critical battle being fought in the eastern Donbass region. That's unacceptable. We would not be so stingy if U.S. troops were on the front lines. <laughs> same, same. Never mind. We already sent them the same amount of money <laughs> for all of Russia's entire budget. <laughs> you know, we wouldn't be so stingy if it were U.S. troops on the front lines. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Guess what? It's not our war and it's not U.S. troops on the front right. lines. Another country fighting another country. According to Brown University's Cost of War Project, since 9-11, the U.S. has spent more than $3 trillion on the war on terror, which has uh, encompassed the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan. That's an average of $12 billion every month for almost 21 years. By comparison, since Russia invaded Ukraine, the United States has committed only $5.6 billion in security assistance. Jesus. With the latest tranche of $1 billion announced last week. That's an awful lot of money if you're talking about foreign aid, but it's a pittance compared to what we spend on our own wars. Weird. <laughs> if it had been a U.S. conflict, we might have spent $48 billion or more since February. <laughs> yeah. There's nearly an order of magnitude difference, which helps explain why our aid packages fall so short of what the Ukrainians are requesting. Uh, Mark Milley says we're supporting the Ukrainian military as rapidly and as humanly possible. But Max Boot says that's simply not true. You can bet all the cryptocurrency in the world that if the United States were losing upward of 100 shoulders, shoulders, soldiers a day in combat. Or soldiers. I mean, that would, that would hurt too. You can bet that if we were losing 100 soldiers or roughly 200 shoulders a day in combat, we'd be throwing a lot more air power, armor, and artillery into the battle. We wouldn't be telling our troops, tough luck, do the best you can. But that's essentially what we're telling the Ukrainians. Do Ukrainian lives matter less than American lives? They shouldn't. It's our job. It's our job to take care of this. Mm. Completely our job. Because Ukrainians, they're humans also. Now, all those other people around the world that like we've been involved with invading their countries and mm -hmm. killing them and all that. Eh, Max Boot probably didn't have as much to say on those people. But uh, these well, specific those are people. brown people in a desert. Yeah. So they don't matter as much, obviously, as white Ukrainians the being attacked. The Biden administration and its defenders have many excuses for not doing more. Here's some of them. We don't want to be drawn into war with Russia. The situation isn't as critical as the Ukrainians claim. They can't absorb too much equipment too quickly. The Russians will supply or destroy or capture our systems. The U.S. has limited stockpiles. It takes time to move heavy weapons and set up supply lines for them. While we can't match the Russians in quantity, our equipment is of higher quality, so we don't need to deliver in the numbers the Ukrainians want, and so on. Most of those explanations are valid, but none are really adequate to explain our failure to do more. Policymakers should keep asking themselves, what, do we, what would we do if our GIs were dying in Donbass? We would send all of our shit over there to protect them because it's our war and it's our GIs that are dying. That's right. <laughs> That's what we would do. I'll answer the question right now. And look, a couple of things here is like, one, we don't have any money anyway. Mm -hmm. 
we don't even have the $40 billion we sent to Ukraine already. No, we borrowed it from Charlie's grandkids. Exactly. We Like, that money didn't exist. They just created it. And someone in the future is going to be responsible for it to fight a war. And yeah, the first one is pretty important here. We don't want to be drawn into a war with Russia. It's a pretty important one. In case you haven't heard, Russia has a lot of nukes. They do have nukes. By the way. And, you know, you want to talk about how crazy Putin is. Like, if there's anybody who's going to use a nuke, I'm pretty sure that guy would probably do it. He might. Or Biden could accidentally do it and not remember doing so. <laughs> so oh. uh, that doesn't mean we should directly attack Russia. It does mean that we should be providing Ukraine with the resources to win the war that Russia is waging against the entire West. Which would be attacking Russia, That's, in essence. It's, um, it's the same thing. We're already fight. We are fighting a, a proxy war against Russia right now. Like Ukraine's using our stuff, and they're using it to try and fight Russia. Like we're, we're, we got a proxy war against Russia right now. Mm. But it's not, it's not even our war. It, it literally isn't. Those are two countries that are not the United States, okay? And uh, I don't know. I don't know what Max Boots thing is here, but... Yeah, it's it's not our war, dude. Quit making all your dumb A points for dumb bleep number four. Okay, we're going to move on to dumb bleep number five. Now we're getting into some guns. I want to tell you guys about our sponsor for today's show, and that is BetterHelp. Now, I get burnt out sometimes. You guys ever get burnt out? I, I do. I work tons of hours. I work at least 11 hours a day on the trading class, on the podcast, and all the other stuff that's going on. I'm going back and forth between Chattanooga and Illinois, seeing my family, my wife's family. I get really burnt out, okay? Life can be really overwhelming. And, you know, it's not just me. You're probably burnt out as well. Maybe you don't even know it. Maybe you think that admitting that being burnt out means that you're admitting failure or weakness or something. That's ridiculous, all right? It is possible to get burnt out. You could... You could be experiencing some symptoms like your lack of motivation. Maybe you're irritable. I heard that uh, from from my wife one time as well, that maybe I was irritable. I'm tired. Now, I have narcolepsy as well, so I do get tired uh, for sure. So we think it always has to do with work, but that's that's not. It can be emotional issues as well, maybe issues with friends and family, anything that's going on in your life. So BetterHelp Online Therapy they want to remind you to prioritize yourself. You can talk with someone and figure out what is causing all of this stress in your life. All right. Charlie uses BetterHelp. He still talks to his therapist at least once a week, if not twice a week. He loves it. He started using it probably a couple of years ago and has been using it since then. He really enjoys talking to his therapist. I'm not going to tell you what they talk about. Okay, but he's been able to pick the person that was right for him. They set him up with someone, and it, it's just been a really good experience so far. So they're going to be able to match you up with someone that, that works for you. This is a customized online therapy. So you're going to get video, phone, even a live chat with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You don't have to do the video. That's just an option for you. It's way more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in the under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash GML. That's BetterHelp.com slash GML. All right. This is from uh, David Rothschild. Blue check mark. 
Um, he says, which one do I read first here? This bottom uh, one? The first one. It's just a, the first he, one. It's a comment okay. to continue. Theory that Second Amendment guarantees the right of anyone without any training, license, or cause should be able to carry a concealed firearm into a crowded bar in NYC is absurd. Okay, first off, before you go on, the, the, the Supreme Court ruling did not rule that you should be able to, that anyone can carry a concealed firearm into a crowded bar in NYC. Mm-mm. That's not what it said. Not what it said. It essentially said that NYC cannot discriminate against what right, what person they're going to give the right to carry a firearm to. So that that's basically what it said. But, yeah, it, it, that doesn't mean that anyone can carry a gun anywhere, especially into a private establishment that says that you can't carry a gun in there. Mm-hmm. Like those people still own their private property. So that's number one. Also, I mean, what other thing? Like, does everything in life require training, license, or a cause? Well. That can harm other people, too, by the way? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, you got to get, didn't you go through free speech training before you got that license? <laughs> Pretty sure. We should create free, free speech licenses. <laughs> free speech training seminar. <laughs> to make sure you can, the, the, make sure you know how to use your free speech. 700 hour free speech training course. Get your certification right Back, here. Background checks. Mm-hmm. Back, mandatory background checks. Fingerprints. Of course. And then there's a 30 day waiting period before you get your free speech card. <laughs> so. You got to renew it every three months. And watch out for them red flag speech laws. Yeah. <laughs> you know? could take those away. You get too dangerous online. <laughs> Boom. Red flag one year. Yeah. No free speech for you one that's, year. That's, that's right. <laughs> oh. He goes on dumb. to say. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, he keeps, he keeps going as if that wasn't dumb enough. He says, theory... That federal and state governments can limit free speech, free exercise of religion, protection from search and seizure, right to jury, right to speedy trial, voting rights, but that Second Amendment guarantees no regulations on production, ownership, use of guns is absurd. Which, by the way, isn't true (laughs) at all. Which part? (laughs) You must be 18 to Mm -hmm. purchase a gun. That's one rule. That's one regulation. 21 to purchase a firearm. That's another regulation. You can't be a criminal. That's another regulation. You can't be a, you know, federal uh, 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 felon to possess a gun. But I thought the Supreme Court struck down all gun regulations. No. No? That's That's not not what what, they did. That's not what happened? Mm -mm. Okay. This is is dumb hysteria. (laughs) Dumb hysteria. Mm. That's good. Who is this guy? Got a blue check mark. I don't know who he is, but I don't like his last name. He has a Ukrainian flag in his uh, profile name also. Mm. So he's very, very concerned for life. Anything else on that? Mm-mm. For Dumbleep number five. Okay, next one. Marianne Williamson. We're going to do a couple on this topic right here for Dumbleep number six. People will, this is talking about the Supreme Court, New York, gun case. People will die because of this. And to be very clear, they're not doing this to protect the Second Amendment. They're doing it to protect the primacy of property rights. That's why so many millions of dollars were spent getting them onto the court to begin with. By the way, real quick before we go into why this is dumb, I want to steal that line. People will die because of this. 
There you go. We should use that as libertarians for all the dumb policies. For basically everything. Basically everything. Yeah. To start every tweet with, people will die because of this, and then explain what stupid thing the government's doing that's going to kill people. Like the COVID lockdowns. People will die because of this. Starvation. Mm-hmm. Privation. The, uh, the FDA banning jewels. People will die because yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, that's one thing. So they're not doing it to protect the Second Amendment. They're doing it to protect property rights. Now, here's a confusing part. And also property rights, they're primal. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. So the, this, the Second Amendment does protect property rights. Like, the, really, the, it really is just a lot of property rights protection. The property happens to be yourself. That's who you get to protect. But that's a bad thing. You see, you shouldn't be able to protect yourself. Well, to communists, it's a bad thing, Nate. Yeah, it is bad to protect your property rights. In this case, the bad thing is yourself as your own property. Mm. That's what it is, which is what the Second Amendment is supposed to allow you to uh, protect. And so she's right that they're not doing this to protect the amendment. The amendment doesn't need any protection. It's just sitting right here, not doing anything. Just hanging out. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> But what the amendment helps protect is you and your right to self-ownership and your right to uh, your own property, which is yourself. And so I don't know if she's right or wrong right now, but I'm pretty sure it's dumb. Well, the dumb part is the way it starts. People will die because of this. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, what? it's ridiculous. There's a lot of people, out, a, lot of, a lot of criminals out there uh, that have really been holding back <sighs> on, on carrying guns. Because they didn't want to break any laws. Yeah, that's right. One of the main things. Marion Williamson, number six. Number seven, is this going to be Keith Olbermann? Yep. Okay, so he's got a couple things here. Keith. All right, he says. Oh, you're going two in a row, huh? That's fine. You just did number six. Didn't you? I think you did. I did. I mean, I think I did. Yeah. So this is me. Fine. Yeah. It has become necessary to dissolve the Supreme Court of the United States. The first step is for a state. Uh, the first step is for a state. The court has now forced guns upon to ignore this ruling. Uh, so a state that the court has now forced guns upon. Great, you're a court. Why and how do you think you can enforce your rulings? Hashtag ignore the court. Now. We've argued before as libertarians that that's not necessarily a bad thing, okay? He goes on to say, This would be a good moment to remind new readers that the Second Amendment has nothing to do with gun ownership, private or otherwise. The Constitution and the amendments team with property references, yet the word own is not in the Second Amendment, nor is any synonym. So we said this before. It doesn't say the word own. So it doesn't mean that you have the right to own something, I guess. Um, is that a great take right there from him? Ooh, it doesn't say own. It said, nor is any synonym. Well, what mm-hmm. is bear? I, don't, I think that means that the government has to issue you the weapons. I think what he means is that we all have a right to a government-provided weapon. Mm, I think that's what is, is what I can hear. The first part up there, I will say, you know, as far as ignoring the court goes, I want to point again to the, as soon as... ACB got confirmed on the court. I started this article, never put it out there. I said that this would lead to 
basically people on the left wanting to ignore the Supreme Court. Now all of a sudden they believe in nullification. Now they want to nullify things, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more on the state rights stuff here in a bit, so I'll save that uh, for them. But the state, the uh, Supreme Court does just issue opinions, and it's up to the people who enforce things to decide whether or not they are going to enforce those, whether it be the Department of Justice, you know, whatever in the executive branch. And it's up to the people to say, well, they said that's unconstitutional. Now we have people who swore an oath to the Constitution who aren't enforcing something the Supreme Court said was unconstitutional, and so therefore we need to replace these people. It comes back to... Uh, the people doing the right thing there mm. with their with their voting. Supreme Court doesn't have an army. I don't think it has a SWAT team. Probably, I mean, it probably, probably does. They don't even have, I mean, they just had to pass a bill to get security for the Supreme Court. So I don't know if they have a SWAT team or not. Uh, but the the other thing, we're still talking about this, uh, this gun ownership. How does he expect that people are going to have the right to bear arms? Like, it has to say, do you have a right to own? You can't say, do you have a right to own something? Because then what if you can't afford it? Well, I've got a right to own something. So that means it has to be provided to me by someone else, I guess. It doesn't right. get, extend any rights to ownership, of ownership mm-hmm. to anyone. Because Besides then yourself. You can't have a right to own. Like, I don't have an AR-15, but I have a right to own one. Well, someone needs to go get me one then because of my rights being violated. I've got a right to own one. I got three. <clears throat> I know. I know. <laughs> Assault you raffle. You could have played the the <clears throat> raffle too. I know. You didn't do it. I think it might mean Costco might be right. It means actual bear arms. Yeah. And so if you want to get your arms, I'm going with polar. pumped up. I'm going with polar, by the way. Okay. Polar bear arms. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Okay. So Keith out there saying dumb stuff again for Dumb Bleep number seven. I know we got a video coming up here in a second. Let's see what's on Dumb Bleep number eight. And as, and as Joe said, if I have a right to property, where's my property? I'm, I need my property. Why <laughs> No, you have a right to 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 be able to get property. Mm-hmm. You don't have a right to own property because then someone would have to provide that for you. The right you to have it, obtain something. That's right. Okay, gonna be this and is from Barrett. <coughs> Barrett number eight. Neil Katyal on Twitter, blue check mark. Gonna be very. This is a very popular one at this time. It had forty eight thousand retweets. Uh, a lot more today. This is from it looks yesterday. Like the quote tweets were ticking up it was as ticking you took the screenshot. When I screenshot, yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> Going to be very weird if Supreme Court ends a constitutional right to obtain an abortion next week, saying it should be left to the states to decide. Right after it just imposed the constitutional right to concealed carry of firearms, saying it cannot be left to the states to decide. Now, that's the kind of thing that sounds really, really smart if you're dumb. (laughs) You know? That's right. If you can only do one single level analysis of a problem and you you just uh, react to things that sound cool, then that sounds really smart. no longer going to be because we just found out on the show that they just released the opinion overturning Roe. So I guess it is now, it's just... It is weird. Very weird that the Supreme Court ended a constitutional right to obtain an abortion. Now... Where's that constitutional right to? I mean, we got Keith Olbermann going all the way down to the fact that it doesn't specifically say the word own. But we've written into the Constitution that it says you have the right to obtain an abortion. And when none of those words are in there <laughs> at all. Okay, so that's yeah. so that's one thing. But I'm sure these two would disagree with that. Here's the difference. 
this this goes back to that weird conversation we have about what is the job of the federal government to come over the top of the states when they can. And their job is to protect your constitutional rights, the rights that they said you had because you exist and they are going to make sure that those rights are protected. That's the job of the federal government. I always go to an extreme example. Okay, states' rights. Does that mean a state can say that they're going to legalize slavery? That they're in this state, because of states' rights, we're going to have slavery in our state? No. No, it is the job of the federal government to come over the top of them and say, no, we have these uh, we have this Bill of Rights. We have the Constitution. It's our job to protect those rights for people. And that was lost during the Civil War, by the way. Yeah. Because states <clears throat> like Virginia and Mississippi and others in the South were like, no, we do have a right, regardless of what tyrannical thing you're pulling down, because that's what a lot of people argue is that it was about states' rights. But the state right was to keep slavery. That's mm-hmm. what the Civil War was about. Um, and so that was settled back in 1860. Seven science is settled. Eighteen sixty-five. I have no. I'm not going to try to. I don't guess the date. It's in the 1860s. We know that. I know that. Mm-hmm. So, so I can't Scott Horton it though. So in the, in this case right here, you have a. They have ruled that you don't. The Constitution does not protect your right to have this abortion specifically. Is what they've ruled, and it's obviously not specifically written in there, and so that's why they can come in and talk to the states when it comes out or say it's going to be a state's issue because there's nothing specific about it in the Constitution. Which then the Tenth Amendment would apply. Yes. Then you're to the Tenth Amendment. But now when it talks to gun rights, it does specifically mention that you've got the right to bear arms. And uh, and that's why it is on the federal government to be able to come in and say, well, uh, the state cannot take away this constitutional right. Now, are there plenty of other things that they should do that with that they don't? Amen. There's plenty of things. Plenty. That they should do that with that they do not do that with. We don't have time for the list. No. No, we don't. Uh, so I think they're getting it right in this, in this case, but that's just a that's a multi-level analysis that some people, at least 48,000 at that point or 170,000 likes, are just not um, willing or capable of doing. Mm. We'll guess willing. I'm not going to call them all idiots okay but this is dumb bleep of the week so okay number nine that's number nine okay so this is a little bit more of an echo this is kind of a out of the i don't know the outfield here all right we got an article from gaslight nbc the gop keeps slamming biden over inflation but it has no solutions to offer sometimes the best solution is to do nothing Mm -hmm. like literally do that is actually do less. That is actually the solution for actually, what the government could not do. Not even do nothing. It's do less and pull back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Republicans want you to believe that inflation is in the United States is not part of a global problem, but is one hundred percent President Joe Biden's fault. And of course, because that we this is a two party system, folks. Mm-hmm. If if Trump were president right now. All the Democrats would want you to believe that inflation in the United States is not part of a global problem. It's 100% President Trump's fault. And all the people on the right would be saying it was Putin's fault. Yes. It would just, roles would be reversed. But I will say, as a person who refrained from voting for Trump two times. um, It's not your fault. (laughs) I don't think that we would be in the same situation if Trump were still the president. One, I'm not sure 
Putin would have actually even invaded Ukraine. I, I don't think that would have actually happened. Two, if he had, Trump would have very different policies when it comes to energy after that. And he would not be signaling that we are going to have the end of all of our fossil fuel energy in the next few years. And that would send a very different signal to the market. And I don't think we'd have the gas prices that were the oil prices that we do. Mm -hmm. So anyway, just a defense. By the way, I saw this like real time inflation chart that shows the different inflation percentages for each category. And like in 2021, oil was down like 80 percent. I mean, 2020. So and which we saw, by the way, which all the all the losses that the major oil companies took yeah. in 2020 when no one was driving. I mean, massive losses. Mm -hmm. And then it was just interesting to see it play out like the price change day by day. It was, it was pretty cool to see on a chart, a moving chart. Um, now, look, we've also said here, too, that, that the GOP is not blameless in this inflationary uh, cause because the Rescue America plan was passed under Republican leadership. The CARES Act was passed under. CARES Act. The American sorry. Rescue Plan was passed under Biden. That is Biden's fault. Yeah. The CARES Act, okay, where we spent upwards of $6 trillion on our COVID response. Well, all that new money. CARES Act was like $2.2 trillion, and then the Fed. Then the Fed on pumped top. Pumped a bunch of money. Yeah. So under, I'm saying under GOP leadership. Yeah. Okay. That definitely had a big, a big swing in inflation here. Uh, but what the GOP has left out of all of its speeches, television appearances, and tweets slamming Biden is even a, uh, is even a hint of a proposal to reduce prices. Even worse than the GOP not having a plan is it, uh, of its own, though, is Republicans' determination to block Biden's efforts to help Americans. They just want to help. Mm -hmm. They have to do something. Mm -hmm. Remember yesterday? They have to do something. And you're going to criticize them for trying to do something? They've opposed his agenda to lower child care costs as if you can just arbitrarily set these costs. It's going to going to put it in a, in a bill. Create child care costs are going to go down. Create affordable housing and more. They've opposed all of it. Biden made that very point in his June 14th speech about his plans to address inflation in which he declared that, quote, Republicans in Congress are doing everything they can to stop my plans to bring down costs on ordinary families. Now, what... What bothered me about this thing is they're they're taking, you know, Biden has a plan to help Americans and that's he's going to lower child care costs. He's going to create affordable housing. Here's what I want to ask about that. Does that mean that he's going to find some way to make the cost of caring for a child lower than what it currently is. Like the cost of caring for a child is going to go down. No. What he's talking about is printing a bunch of money or borrowing a bunch of money and subsidizing it for people. Something that we are dealing with right now, doing that way too much over the last couple of years, but they're still presenting this as a way that we're going to help Americans. It's something. It's something. Nate, create GOP a, has nothing. Create affordable, affordable housing. Does that mean that they are going to come up with this amazing way to build houses uh, using still really strong, sturdy materials that are going to last a long time, but they're going to find a way to cut those the price of building those houses and selling them in half for 25%. It's going to be this massive, innovative way to create affordable housing. Yeah, it'll take away profit. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That'll do it. I mean, think about Look, most houses are built, Nate, in a, in a cost-plus scenario. It's usually a cost-plus 20% or something like that. So you could save 20% mm -hmm. by just doing cost 
There we go. No plus. <laughs> okay, so which no, by the way, when that happens, what they do is they just increase the cost mm-hmm. exponentially. Well, even with cost plus, they increase the cost mm-hmm. as much as they can because then they're going to get. It's like a. If any of you are servers out there, most people tip based on a percentage. So the idea behind that is, and this is good marketing, by the way, the idea behind that is, is you want to get your bill up as high as possible. That's why servers are always like, hey, you want another drink? You want me to, you want to buy the bar a whole round? You want, you want uh, some appetizers to go with that? How about dessert? Coffee, dessert wine. You want to buy these plates? You know, you're trying to get the bill as high as possible because then you get the percentage of that most of the time. That's a really good example, actually, of cost plus. We never brought that up before. I'm surprised I didn't think of that. (laughs) All right, let's go. We still got another video after this. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, anyway, um, Biden, in a speech last week, Biden noted that on food cost, he was, quote, working closely with our European partners to get 20 million tons of grains locked in Ukraine out onto the market to help bring down food prices. The president also explained his efforts to reduce other household costs to offset the higher gas and food prices, such as capping the cost of insulin at $35, Mm -hmm. a bill for which passed the House in March but still has not passed the Senate due to lack of Republican support. Yet again, another thing where they're not actually going to lower the cost of insulin. Mm -mm. The cost of insulin won't go down. The price for the insulin for uh, the end consumer that they pay will be lower but the cost of insurance is going to go up with that. The actual cost of insulin doesn't go down. The cost of all your other medicines will go up. Yeah. They'll like, find they'll, other ways. They'll find ways. And, you know, we just listened to that video from uh, Representative Green where he was saying, we can't talk about inflation. This was what we did to help people. You know, so inflation, it's sinful to talk bad about inflation because mm. what you're talking bad about is what we did to help people. And... Now they're just talking about, oh, we got to do a bunch of stuff to help people. That's what we got to do. No one's ever talking about future, future USA. What problem are they going to have to deal with just a year from now? No, what we got to do right now, we got to help people. We got to do something Mm -hmm. right now. And if you don't immediately want to borrow money, spend money we don't have or print money and give it to people, then you do not have a plan. The dumbest thing about this whole thing, I think, is at the end here. When he says, we all get how politics works. The party out of power blames the party in power for everything that's bad. This whole article is, the part, is about the party in power blaming the party out of power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not the other way around. <laughs> but in this case, inflation is directly impacting the lives of all Americans. It's time Democrats and the media press every Republican who blames Biden for inflation to answer the simple question, what is the GOP plan to reduce it? To reduce it. Now, Americans deserve an answer. The plan really should be we should pull back and just let the free market work. Now, if you stop trying to manipulate everything, do you introduce go a plan a point of suffering for all the shit we've done for the last 50 years? Yeah. Um, if you introduce a plan, if you say, you know what, we are going to allow people to drill and refine as much as they want. We can build as many refineries as we want to. And uh, we're going to actually lower taxes to help people. And we're going to cut a bunch of government spending as well. And we're going to do all sorts of things to try and fix it. Maybe the interest rates are going to have to go up for a bit because they really should go up. You know what they'll say? The GOP has no plan to fix anything. No plan. They got no plan. No plan. <laughs> That's what you would hear from them because they've, if it's not what their plan is, then the answer is you don't have a plan. 
What's your contingency plan? <laughs> That's it. That's our plan. Oh, sorry. I got this uh, video pulled up real quick. All right. We got to go to number 10. Okay. This is a Washington Post journalist on MSNBC, Michelle Singletary. Uh, very concerned about people dealing with inflation right now. So let's hear uh, just how concerned she is. Listen up, everyone, because you're part of the problem also. And it shows 38% of Americans say they would rather see a recession than their, the inflation that we're dealing with. I mean, I read that to mean more than a third of Americans are so pressed by what they're having to pay for gas, for food, everyday items, rent, that they'd rather see a recession. Is that where we are right now? There, are, there is a great deal of Americans where it is uncomfortable that they're spending more, but they are not going to go under. You know, you you got to stop complaining when there's so many people who literally the inflation rate means they may only have two meals instead of three. There are Americans who did extremely well in the last two years in the market. You still have your job. And yeah, it's costing you more for gas, but guess what? You're still going to take that holiday, that 4th of July vacation. You could still eat out. So I'm going to need you to calm down and back off because it feeds into this fear, and then this fear feeds into people making decisions that creates the very thing that they are fearful of. And if you're in that category, calm down. Stop looking at your portfolio. And you know what you can do with all that energy? Help other people. Help put some food on the table in somebody else's house because you have extra. Now, the other half of America, anything that we can do to help them to get to the job that they need to keep to put that food on their table those are the folks that we need to concentrate on and if they are responding to this survey saying that they're afraid i get that but overall many americans are not suffering as much as they think they are and and we can think things into existence because we are unrealistically fearful of something that hasn't happened yet we don't know if we're in a recession yet inflation is high but it's high for a reason. We just came out of a pandemic where if you got COVID, you weren't sure you were going to live. And, I, you know, I, listen, I got three young adults who are trying to make it in the world. So I'm right there. I came from a situation where I know what it's like to literally be hungry. So I, I, I've been on both sides of this. And what you can do is continue to save. What you can do, if you don't need to drive, don't drive. If you don't, if you can put off a project, put it off. But if you are in the position to go eat at that restaurant, even if the meal is a little bit more, go eat at that restaurant and help save a business that is still trying to limp through the uh, the pandemic. She almost said recession at the end, by the mm. way. She said still trying to live through the, hey, re- look, the pandemic. Calm down. Calm down and pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Of all people, this woman should know that telling someone to calm down <laughs> is not a not a helpful answer Hey, at all. 38% of the time it works every time. <laughs> it's not hey, going to work. Calm down. She goes back and forth so much in there. She talks about how Americans are not suffering as much as they think they are. Most people aren't suffering as much as they think they are. Don't freak out because we're going to end up creating the problem that we're worried about. By that, she means people are going to stop spending and they're going to create the recession. And then at the end of the video, she says, but you know what? If you don't need to drive, then don't drive so you can save money on gas. If you don't need to go out, then don't go out so you can save money. What they need to do is save. But don't freak out because we're going to end up creating the problem that we actually are dealing with right now. And it's so. But if you do want to go to that restaurant, go to the restaurant. Yeah. Pay higher prices. Keep that business alive. 
Put food on the, like, it's, yeah. What people who have money right now need to do, they need to stop looking at their portfolios. Don't worry about that. That's, it's Fugazi. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's fairy dust. It's not real. You know, don't pay attention. What they need to be doing is helping people. That way they end up depleting all their resources and then they're the people that need help afterwards and there's no one left to help them anymore after that. That's another part of this ideology that basically everyone needs to average down all of their money to where we all we're all just poor together. And the people who do that's what, that's what Margaret Thatcher always said. The people who do have the reserves right now, you know what they need to do? They need to take their reserves and give it to other people. That's what that's what they need to do. And then we'll all be fine. Oh, man. Okay, so to the WAPO journalist right there, that's Dumbleep number 10. Go to the Dumbleep channel. It should be available for everyone to view right now, I believe. I think that's the case. If you can all view that channel, then go view the channel. Get your votes in. The color neutral thumbs up is what we will accept as a vote in that channel. You can see it, D-B-O-T-W, right above or right below the live podcast chat here. And the Discord, Charlie left. He's gone. So while he's gone and while everyone is getting your votes in, um, I will tell you to go to joingml.com so you can become a member, so you can hang out with us every single day of the week when we want to, so you can vote live on Dumb Bleep of the Week. And also, I'm pretty excited to be releasing a new uh, trading course here pretty soon. going to be a single package trading course, everything you need to know about everything in the stock market. It's a good time to learn. So just start thinking about that. Okay, it's not available yet, but start thinking about it because we're going to get to a bottom here and that's where the real money is made. There's a lot of stocks that are on discount right now and they'll head back up eventually. So we're every day we're coming in here trying to find this bottom. Uh, Just when we started the show today, I think I was up 270 on a trade. I actually haven't looked back at it. Uh, Just set a... Uh, stop loss on it so we'll see how that's going but um anyway make sure you go do that do we have all the votes in right now all right we still got some people need to come in and vote charlie is is not um charlie's uh charlie's number 11 a write-in from jeff and uh number 12 we have not having a special birthday episode for nate well it's dumbly for the week that's the easiest episode for us to do so there's my special birthday episode that we have and um i'm gonna go see a concert uh tonight see a show tonight with my wife at ascend amphitheater here in nashville and so there's my birthday present i appreciate all the birthday wishes that i'm getting from everyone through text and on facebook which basically we only use to tell people happy birthday or that they're an idiot either one of those two things make sure that you follow subscribe Go to TikTok, beat the algorithms that are trying to hold us back right now. And it looks like running away with it was Dumbleep number 10, the very last one. Stop complaining from Michelle. I can't remember her last name over at the Singletary, I think, from the Washington Post. Uh, That was, in fact, pretty dumb. Honorable mentions was the state rights conversation and uh, some of the other guns like Max Boots. Uh, It's our war, too. Darn it. So that was a good one, too. All right, everyone. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe. Okay? Stay safe. I know I always say that nothing matters, but that's just a joke. It does matter. Stay safe. Drive carefully. Make sure that you're able to come back and listen on Monday. If you do all those things, we will talk to you soon. Until then, have a good weekend and a good morning, Liberty.